We are back here on the Royals Rundown Podcast. Yes, Jake Milham is still here after um, suffering the zingers that is Jeremy Greco in the ad break uh, because my none of my namesakes are coming to Kansas City in the draft, and that is uh, very unfortunate after it was such a real possibility. But don't worry, Brian Henry, otherwise known as Royal Treatment, is here to uh, treat us to some advanced analytics. Uh, Brian, what you got for us today? Um, I've been looking at, uh, when we get to the midway of this season, right, how people are doing relative. Um, and so I've, I was kind of looking at the team versus kind of their zips projections. And so okay. I thought we'd talk a little bit about zips projections and how, how the hitters are doing. Uh, and then turn that into a discussion on some probability theory. Um, yeah. So I was, so I'm curious, Brian, because I know I load up a fan graphs page, especially ahead of the season. And there's like five or six different rows of projections and they all say something different. They're all about the same, but they're all just different enough to notice it. And I know that one of the most popular ones is, is zips. What is, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Um, and so each projection system is going to do something in the realm of what zips does. Um, but they all do it slightly differently based on how they use inputs or how they regress older stuff. And, so on and so forth. So I'll, I'll, I'm, that's why I'm going to stick strictly to Zips because each of them does their own, you know, it's it's kind of like secret recipes, right? You have your own amount of oregano that you're throwing in or whatever. Um, and so Dan Zimborski created Zips and has written up on Fangraphs kind of what his process is. He, he's changed it as more data has become available. So he does incorporate StatCast stuff. And so... I'll kind of break the the data that goes into each player down this way. So, uh, first first tranche of data is multi year statistics. Um, so all of the basic stuff you would think of. Although uh, my assumption is he focuses more on walk rate and strikeout rate than like average, um, but I don't know that for sure. Um, but so he's taking all that data that you see, the basic data that you think of as as baseball data and all of the years of data that a player's created. But then what happens is um, it's weighted toward the newer data. So older years carry less weight in the projection than newer years, right? Which makes sense because the more recent years is more like, it's like if you take Alex Gordon when he was 26, that doesn't look like Alex Gordon when he's 33, right? For sure. Well, and especially if you think of someone right now like Miguel Cabrera, you know, right. how he hit when he was 23 doesn't matter very much anymore. Um, <laughs> so so that's it. And I will say he also includes playoff data in there, which I find interesting. So he says that actually helps a little bit. Playoff um, data. This is a thing I've never understood is playoff data. I mean, those those are games they play too, right? They so, ignore so that data matters too. Yeah, you would think. I, I think it's more of an apples to apples thing just because some players are playing more than others that year to year, it's easier to compare. I guess that, that makes sense too, at least for yeah. some things. But when you're talking projections, I think it yeah. makes sense to take all the data you can get, more right? More data is better, right? right. <laughs> just generally speaking. Uh, the next group of data that he's added is as StatCast data has come in for each player, he's pulling what he calls performance quality and shape. Um, and so if you think like a pitcher, that's the um, uh, – Pitch types with the stuff plus stuff. So the the I think his is he's using stuff plus. Uh, maybe not. Um, I'm not 100 percent on that. But he uses 
you know, well, how's their fastball run and, and are they, you know, how's their curveball drop? And, and if they've added a sweeper, how, you know, how much horizontal movement and all that fun stuff. So, um, so all of, all of the newer pitch and, and hitter stuff is uh, so for hitters, it would be hard hit rates and, and launch angles and all of that stuff. So, um, all of that gets added in. Um, and then, uh, then he does, um, non-baseball generated data. So age, position, handedness, and even to a lesser extent, he says height and weight. Um, height and weight's oh, a interesting. Weird one. Yeah, height and weight's an interesting one because how accurate that data is, especially as the sure. further back you go, is questionable. Um, but he does include it because bigger hitters and smaller hitters or bigger pitchers and smaller pitchers, there is some huh. amount of information you can get from that, I guess. Um, does so he, not, yeah. Does he take bone density into account? I, <laughs> I, if he could get it, I bet he would. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, and then, um, and then if they're minor league players, the last bit is minor league translation. Um, okay. So then if you're moving from a specific AAA to um, the majors, you have to translate because of okay. the different league structures and parts. So he doesn't just say AAA. He looks at the different nope. leagues in AAA. Oh, yes. okay. So he has a database of league translation for different AAA stuff. So that's kind of all the data that goes in. Um, and what he's using that data to do specifically is he uses a clustering analysis that he likes to create a cohort of similar players. Um, From, so throughout his all of this data, here are the players most similar to you and then how they aged. And that builds the aging curve okay. that they're going to use for the zips projection. Um, so that's in general how zips works. Again, he'll never tell you the specifics. I can't give you no. specifics because that's it's the same. The same reason KFC it. won't tell you the eight secret yeah. spices. Yeah, and Google's not going to tell you how they do ads and anything like that. Exactly. So that's the idea. So what I did is I kind of looked at um, one of the things that you got to kind of remember here, and this is when he wrote it up. What stuck out to me is that if you if you look at a projection system to say, is this a good projection system? Um, not everybody kind of understands this. So I'm going to, I'm going to read something he wrote about it real quick and then hopefully okay. that'll clarify. So he says, it's important to remember that the bottom line projection is in layman's term, only a midpoint. You don't expect every player to hit the midpoint. 10% of players are supposed to fail to meet the 10th percentile of their projection. And 10% right. of the players are supposed to miss that or are supposed to be above their 90th percentile forecast. So um, and this point can create, Confusion because Zips only had three players in 2020 who had batting average projections above 300. Right. But the projection itself, remember if that. you run it, it actually expects um, how many did he say? 41 players would actually hit over 300. Does that make right, sense? Because it's the 50th percentile, and some <laughs> players are naturally going to be, be better that. than that because that, otherwise it wouldn't be the 50th percentile. Yeah, and so if you think about the 50th percentile, half your players should be above their projection, half your players should be below the right. projection. That's a good projection system. So it's it's does the do all the projections conform to a bell curve around their expectation? That's kind of the idea. And, and that 
that is a really important point because what that means is you cannot look at a projection and be like, this guy is going to do this. No. Because it's not what the intent is. Well, and sometimes he'll even put out the range estimates Mm -hmm. for particular players and stuff. And I always love seeing that because I want to see what, well, what's, if Bobby Way has his 90% versus his 10% season, what does that look like? Sure, Um, absolutely. um, So with that being said, what I did is I looked at the players, all the hitters on the Royals. I threw out some, um, but all the hitters on the Royals and looked at their Zips projection versus what they've done. And just I just of, have to interrupt you because I, I have to say, I think Royals fans would like to throw out all of the, the hitters right now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I took out guys like Matt Beatty. He has like three plate appearances. I took out Franmil Reyes and uh, JBJ, you know, like players sure. that aren't on the team and, and that makes probably sense. Aren't, aren't really, you know, uh, what we're, we need to be looking at. But that left 16 players um, uh, who've gotten at least, uh, you know, 50-ish plate appearances. Um, and I kind of looked at them and how they did on their um, WRC plus versus their projected WRC plus. Um, and then this is not going to surprise anybody. 14 out of, or I'm sorry, 14, uh, 12 out of 16 players are below their um, <laughs> WRC projection by Zips preseason. The worst being, uh, does anybody want to sh- take a stab at it? MJ Melendez. No. Oh, worse. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, He's boy. 125-075-125. What? Nate Eaton? Nate Eaton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor guy. So he was projected to have a 92 WRC+, plus, and he has oh a negative gosh. 52. <laughs> which, which is uh, ooh, um, not good. So nope. that's the nope. worst, and then it kind of goes up from there. If you, the people who are way far away, um, Samad Taylor, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isbell, uh, Dyron Blanco, uh, are all forty or more below where they should be, forty um, percent, huh. you know, on WRC plus. So that's that's a big drop. Some some of them that are below are like Nicky Lopez is only like four, right? So he so, was projected to be eighty eight. He's at eighty four. Whatever it's especially with half a season to go, you know, he's right on, on track where you would expect him to be. So they're not all horrible, um, but every, you know, there's a lot of people below where they, where they expect to be. The only four who are not below their uh, projection are um, Edward Olivares, who, again, even though he's above is only at an 89. So it's not like he's, he's killing it. (laughs) Uh, Nick Prado uh, is nine points above his, his projection at 99. Awesome. Uh, yeah, for now. I think he and Bobby Witt are trying to trade places, actually. Because Bobby's <laughs> negative 15 right now and kind of charging upward and Prado's heading the other direction. Um, Michael Garcia is about 14 and a half points above his WRP, uh, okay. WRC plus projection, which he's been quite good and a phenomenal defender. Yeah. So, And then Freddie Fermin is actually the best. Um yeah, he's been a big surprise. Yeah. His yeah. WRC plus projection was 91.7. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize at, it was that high. <laughs> and he's at 113. Um, and he's starting okay. to make me Doing believe really a little bit in him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and his defense has been solid as well. Sure. So we might actually have something in for me, um, which is nice with Salvi being old and kind of injured and Melendez getting moved off the position. So, so based on what we said earlier – just because they are below their projections doesn't mean that we should expect them to improve, though, right? No, 
<laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> not. If you were to say, hey, who who would improve, you know, you, then you would get into all the expected, you know, batting average and slug and, and all of that. But um, I think most of them are underperforming and most of them are underperforming because they're not hitting the ball well. And so I wouldn't then say, well, they've just gotten unlucky because I don't think if you went through it that way, it, it would look that way. That that wasn't really the way I was looking at it anyway. Sure. What I was kind of looking at it then is, well, if you expect half the players to be above their projection and half them to be below, and that is clearly not the case here. So instead, three-fourths are below their projection and one-fourth is above, <laughs> which is pretty far off. You'd say, well, how likely is that to happen? That's what I okay. was um, And so uh, I like probability theory a lot. Uh, I played a lot of board games and cards as a kid. Uh, and so uh, I learned a lot about the basic stuff. And then in graduate school, I took a, a PhD level course in probability oh, theory. And I dusted, a smart guy over here. I dusted some of that stuff off um, that I haven't done in a while. It's not part of my job anymore, but um, had some fun with it. And so if you kind of think of each player as a coin flip, right? So Heads are above their projection, tails are below their projection, because that's kind of how the model is set up. What I was doing was, what is the likelihood of flipping a coin 16 times and getting four heads, right? Is, right. Is kind right. of the idea. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and and you can use what's what's called combinatorics. Basically, if you flip a coin 16 times, there's 65,536 different ways for those to land um, in sequence. Uh, those are big words and big numbers, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and only um, out of those 65,000 possibilities, only 1,820 of those would have four heads in them. Um, so, about so what two, percentage is that? About 2.8% oh of, of them would would land four heads. Now, you would, you would treat it from a probability theory perspective as four or less, actually. So okay. anything at that point or below in the distribution, because you can't do probability at a point in a continuous distribution. Right. Okay. Um, so I also added three, two, one, and zero heads, which um, are respectively in percentages, 0.85% chance, 0.18% chance, 0.02% chance. <laughs> so and they didn't then, change course, it much. Yeah. There's only one way to roll, um, uh, you know, 16 tails. So it actually has a point, uh, what is it, 0.00153% chance. Um, and so if that you high. sum all those together, um, it's about thirty-eight 3.84% chance to have this bad of an outcome or worse, which hmm. is pretty low. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so they haven't been, like, bad enough that you go, this is just unbelievable. Like, you know, mm -hmm it would happen once out of every 30 times or so. Right. So it's not like crazy statistics, but like it is bad enough that you're like, this is not accident. <laughs> like, you know, to have this many people performing this badly. Uh, and that's before you take into account, are they distributed? I would say they've distributed more aggressively downward too than, than just a little bit below too. So uh, I, I would have to do a bunch of stuff to figure out exactly how that works. But <laughs> But anyway, the, the chances of us seeing all these young hitters basically turn out the way they have and be this many negative is not great. It's it's very unlikely. Hmm. Um, so, so we're living in the worst timeline. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the worst, but like the 
the yeah the the first or second percentile outcome right? <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst <laughs> one of the worst possible outcomes um so uh i will say though the projection system is built for a whole year so oh, maybe we don't have all the data yet, and it's built to cover all baseball players not just one team um, right. so so it is a little bit that's a little bit aggressive as a percentage it's probably so, you would probably regress that back to the median somewhat at this point okay. in the year, but it's still, it's not good, um, which we all knew, but I just was having fun kind of looking at how likely is it that we would oh, see yeah. this. It's not, it's not great. So too bright. <laughs> that's really interesting to me. I, I don't know. Kill. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know about, about you, Jacob or, or everybody else. I, I find that sort of thing really interesting. I, yeah, I took a statistics class in college but it was undergrad and it was one class. So uh, I didn't know a lot of that stuff that you just shared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, baseball is all about statistics. It's one of the things that draws me to the sport. So um, having having access to more and better or just different and interesting statistics is always fun. So well, I, I appreciate you doing that work and sharing that with us. The nice thing now is if you want to pull statistics like that, there are people who build online tools for it too. So you don't even have to understand the underlying right. math if you can set the problem up. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I taught, I teach that statistics course that you took where, you know, broad, um, you know, uh, undergrad class for everybody that <laughs> just needs to learn a little you bit. teach it better than my um, teacher did. I hope so. When I learned when I learned statistics, it was all like looking up Z tables in the back of books and crap. We do everything on computer now. So um I'm I, I think it's a better experience than when I was at least in school. Um, Heck so. yeah. <laughs> hey Brian, um, I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot here real quick. Sure. Look, looking at all the Royals zip projections, is there are there any players that you think who are lagging behind right now that could meet their preseason projection? Um, the main one's Bobby. Um, he's been hitting real good. Uh, yeah. I don't know if people have noticed, but he's raised his OBP <laughs> from two seventy to three hundred in like a month, which is dang. Pretty good. Um, and, and the power started to come around again, too. So he's probably the number one okay. guy. Um, the only other one, um, two. I'll give two others that could. Okay. Um, one is um, Drew Waters. Okay. Uh, just because he hasn't had a lot of time up yet. His strikeout rate's still high, but if he could bring that down a little bit, he has a shot at it. And the other is Michael Massey. Um, okay. But he's going to have to do some work because that that beginning was so bad. Um, those would be the, the guys I think have a shot. I just – everybody else just – Yeah, I don't – Brayden's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Samad Taylor has not hit the ground running. Dyron Blanco hasn't either. Kyle Isbell. I I gave up on Kyle Isbell last year, um, so I'm not Ooh. real big on him as a hitter. Fair. I think I think he's a good fourth outfielder. He's a piece you can have on a team, but um, I don't know what else you can really expect from him. So I know Fangraphs has Zips projections still, 
yep. um, that you could go look at and see projections for, I guess, the rest of the season. Yep. The are those updated season. based on what has already happened this season, or are they still based on the preseason projections? Do you know? Yeah, yeah I do. Um, so that is starting to get into a branch of statistics you don't learn until way later. Um, that's called Bayesian <laughs> modeling. So when you get into Bayesian modeling, um, they take the zips projected at the beginning of the year. That becomes what's called the prior. And then as more information comes in, it actually adjusts from the prior based on the new information. It gets real complicated real fast. Um, I don't know. This is where, like, I understand the theory behind this sort of statistics, but I don't have the computer chops to, like, build these models out. You have to know how to gotcha. code pretty well um, as far as I understand. So, but, yeah, it'll – if you do enough – so if, like, Bobby Witt – it. Um, just all, you know, if they, they expected him, I think to have like a 5.7% walk rate. Um, if, um, at this point in the year, he had an 8% walk rate over the whole, you know, chunk of the year, it probably mm -hmm. would be moving that expectation okay. saying, Hey, something has changed here. We don't know exactly what, but it would adjust those rest of season plus. If you're all of a sudden, uh, Yandy Diaz would be one I, I, I haven't looked at, uh, let me go look real quick, but his, ground ball rate has always been really, really low. And then all of a sudden this year it spiked um, and he's been hitting home runs. And so I would expect that his home run rest of season rate would be higher than it's been in the last few years. Uh, so, so, so Royals fans can go to fan graphs right now and, and see updated projections for what the Royals could be expected to, to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, so Yandy Diaz before the year was projected to hit 12 home runs. Um, he's hit 13 already. <laughs> and, and, and now the rest of season projections are saying he'll hit six or seven more. So okay. they've adjusted it a little bit, although that's puts so, him back on the, a similar pace to before. Yeah. Um, so I, the, the layman might look at the 12 or 13 and say, well, the season's half over. So now we should hit 24, 26, but the zips projection says, yeah. no, the, what he did before still matters. Yeah. He's probably not going to match those numbers, but he might hit more than we previously thought. Absolutely. And 19, okay. if you were expecting 12 is pretty good. <laughs> that's a good jump. That's 50 over 50% more than, you, you know, I would like to hit 19 home runs in the major I, leagues. I'd like I to as well. One. <laughs> maybe just 19 at bats you know it's, it's i'll, I'll go down fairly impressed with myself <laughs> you know it depends on who the bats are against like you're gonna I, send me up here against uh max scherzer i'm not sure i want to have that at bat i, I think i'll just sit i'll sit in the stands i'm good a foul ball i'd be like yeah that was uh that was it right there right no, I, I remember this there's a scene in angels in the outfield right where the this this the player hits the ball and his bat just explodes, just <laughs> shatters into a million splinters, right? And he hits a home run. And I'm like, that's that's what would happen to my bat. It would just shatter into a million pieces, but then the ball would just keep going straight into the catcher's glove. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it wouldn't adjust at all for my bat. It would just be like, nope, just through, straight through right, that right. like tissue paper. All those people <laughs> who talk about pro, uh, prospects who like they knock the bat out of their hand. You're like, I'm going to show you what that actually looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Brian, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on a little bit tonight, talking to us about about Zips. I, Whenever you come on, I always walk away 
you know, feeling, hey, I, I learned something new. And that is uh, definitely going into my uh, statistical ar- arsenal, I guess is probably the word. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I do. Well, I Just to throw out there, um, I follow Dan Zimborski on Twitter and he is very active and engages with people. So if you're a Royals fan out there with a Twitter account and, and you want to talk to somebody who, who works on this statistical stuff, he'll probably talk to you. He also loves video games. He and I both agree that uh, Trails in the Sky is one of the best video games ever made. So, you know, he's he's obviously very smart and has good taste. <laughs> I've heard him on a bunch of podcasts and radio stuff, too, and he's, he seems like a good guy. I, I, I think he'd be fun to talk to. He, he's, he's got all this math and all this computers, and you're like, but can he, can he talk? And he, yeah, can. he can. He, he's very, very well-spoken. Yeah. <laughs> for a nerd, at least. <laughs> he, is a, he is a true double threat, if you will. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, hey, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and let you go. You got a you got a summer to go enjoy, right? How's it? A, it's winding down now, isn't it? Um, pretty excited. I got boys' weekend this week, so me and my my buddies get together one weekend a year and pretend like we're in college for a couple days. So we're gonna play Diablo Four for two Ooh. days straight this weekend. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's go. That's how. Gonna enjoy it. So yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, hey, if if you want to read Brian's work on RoyalsReview.com, you can find him. His uh, his handle is Royal Treatment, right? Or is it Royals Treatment? 